You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ Team Leader, former Indoc Instructor Supervisor, Entrepreneur, and Physician Assistant Student, Brian Silva. What's up, everybody? Brian Silva here for the Ones Ready Podcast. I hope you guys are ready to get into some stuff because today we're going to be talking about going through tough times and the tools that we individually use when we are going through Indoc. And then in the future, when we're out there doing the stuff um, overseas, just the things that we reach back on and thought about and learned from Indoc. So hope you guys are ready to talk about what we do in stressful situations. So first off, we want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast and, you know, we're just starting out and everything, but we appreciate all the, the uh, help that you guys are uh, paying attention to us on Instagram and, you know, watching the YouTube videos. We really appreciate all the comments and the discussion that we're having with you guys that are watching that. So please continue to comment and then rate our podcast on whatever iTunes, uh, Spotify, whatever you listen to the podcast on. And then keep in mind that you can always get a discount from Alpha Brew Coffee Company awesome stuff, nootropic coffee, and then also with the Strike Force Energy right here. You just, uh, it comes in a little package, you can pour it into whatever kind of drink that you like to sip on. So, um, we're going to get into this podcast here. Like I said, we're talking about tough times when we were going through selection and in-doc and kind of the things that got us through those difficult times. And we want to make sure that whenever you guys are training and you're going through these things and you're practicing like you're you're underwaters, you're practicing your runs, you're practicing all the rucks and stuff, it's going to get tough and you should put yourself through things that are a little bit tough before you show up um, and make sure that you're obviously training safe and everything. But um, we really want you guys to kind of have an idea of things that you can reach back and think about whenever you are, you know, going to sit on the side of that pool or the first day you show up to the pass test and the pressure's on and you're like, what am I going to do to perform? How am I going to get through this thing? So, um, we're going to sh- kind of share all of our experiences and just some of the things that uh, we've went through and how it helped us. So let's go ahead and get into, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Trent first. Just, you know, he has a lot of experience, you know, with the SAO-T and then now the SR stuff and then also instructor experience. So if you don't mind just sharing you know, an experience that you went through, you know, kind of extreme pressure and what you did to overcome it. I know you have a lot going on and you're constantly doing that, but just tell right. us a little bit. Well, I mean, I think I think the one that everyone wants to hear about, right, as uh, like first deployment, first time getting shot at and, and how to get past that and, and what had I gone through in the past that... Uh, and the training that allowed me to overcome that and what I, the tools I used. And so I'll tell you uh, that the first time that I, I found myself in that situation, uh, some dude is, is shooting at us and trying to kill us, is is what the training did for me is, is it allowed me to focus on what I needed to focus on. And what I actually did was I heard uh, multiple people's voices in my head telling me to breathe and telling me what to do and walking myself through that process and, and everything that they told me, right? So like the training that helps you focus on one thing and, and kind of uh, get rid of all the, the excess noise that you don't need to be focusing on. And then all the, the other training that tells me, okay, once you've cleared that target, you need to breathe, open your eyes and keep your head on a swivel. And then after that, once you kind of get past that initial thing is when you feel that, um, that pressure that rises in your chest, you know, like that, that natural, uh, that everybody's going to feel on the way to the pool during the pipeline, like that panic start to build, um, and how to deal with that, how to get rid of it and how, how to move on to your next, next objective is, um, 
that, that, those are the things that really helped me get past that, that first super intense situation that I had in the real world. Yeah. So mostly, you know, that heart rate goes up, you start sweating you're just like, holy crap. You feel kind of like the walls are coming in on you because you see the instructors come in or whatever, like when you're at the pool and you're just like, holy crap, do you, are you going to freeze? It's that fight or flight thing. And yeah, like you're talking about getting over that little initial push and you're like, all right, keep on going. Don't stop myself. Like keep on rolling and then get through it and focus on the things that you need to do. All right. Cool. Uh, let's go with uh, Aaron. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, kind of situations that you've been in and what's been going, what goes through your head whenever you're in those kind of situations? Yeah, I'm glad you called on me, buddy, because I got to be honest, I'm a scary individual. Like when stuff starts getting heinous, like I'm the first guy to be like, oh, no, <laughs> what are we going to do? No, so it, it's just one of those things. It's stress inoculation, right? Like if you expose yourself to it over and over again, even in small little stuff, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. You know, you'll have a friend that, that might not be part of the community and they start describing a stressful situation. And you're just like, where's the stress? What are you talking about? Like, this seems like a pretty easy job, man. Like, you go from, you know, the first five meter target you can find, you knock that down, and you go on to the next one. Well, we kind of take that for granted because that's that's what the pipeline is meant to do, right? It's meant to expose you to that stress over and over again. I was joking with my friends this week that we had a really, really boring free fall jump. So we got together, we briefed, we went out, we just jumped our plane, we got to the ground and we kind of buttoned stuff up and I went back to writing EPRs because it's that season, right? <laughs> Not performance reports, right? Yeah. But, you know, to anybody else, that's the that's the event of a lifetime. Going skydiving yeah. on a Wednesday, you know, that's their, that's their bucket list item. And to me, honestly, like, I could have used the extra couple hours to write those EPRs, man. I don't have that much time in my day. Like I could have, I could have gone without the jump, right? But, but that's it, it's just exposing yourself to it over and over and over again. It's putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions where you're used to dealing with that stress, and it just becomes another part of you. Like, okay, got it. Like some things are going to be layered on top. Like training isn't necessarily the most stressful thing that you're going to be involved in. I think combat is probably going to be the most stressful thing that you're involved in, but. How do you get those combat reps without presenting yourself to real physical danger every single day? Well, you get as close as you possibly can and you start getting used to increased and more and more doses of stress. That's what we do with nutrition and fitness and everything else, right? We, we get ourselves close to our goal. We see how long we can stay there. Maybe it's only five reps at 225 today, but maybe next week you can get six reps at 225. You keep adding that stress to your life and you become it becomes easier to deal with it and you kind of open those blinders up a little bit. Everybody remembers their first free fall jump at school. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything. Mm-mm. I was like, man, you pack this shoe. I know who I am as a person. Please don't die. When this thing opens, I hope that it goes the right way. But now, you know, you go from that very first experience that the only thing I was thinking about was pull on altitude, pull on altitude, stare at my altimeter and pull at the right time. Well, now, you know, I, you know, just this week I had a, a free fall jump that was, run of the mill it was just kind of like another part of my day like it's funny to see yourself you just have to trust in the in the process that you know you're going to get that far continue to expose yourself to stress continue to expose yourself to those new environments and pretty soon the performance piece of it is it's all on you but it's it's always been all on you it's just the perspective changes a little bit at the end 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I finished reading Debbie Goggin's book a while back, and he talks about building a mental callus, just like building the blisters that you have on your hands from weightlifting kind of thing. It's just exposure after exposure. The first time, you know, you might rip a little skin off, get a little blood on there, and then, you know, after a while, you keep on doing the same thing over and over again. You have calluses on your hand, and that way you can, you know, withstand whatever amount of weight's on the bar. And it's a, it's a never-ending process to make sure you build that mental callus because, again, they heal, and if you haven't been in that that tough situation for a long time then it kind of goes away a little bit you still have a little bit of residual kind of always because you've been exposed to it so much but you always got got to have that re-exposure and then re-attack it so yeah it's always there it's always there you always got one more good one and you're like hey listen i know this one's gonna suck and i know maybe i haven't been there but i can go do this but i gotta be honest it's easier if you just work on it <laughs> it's easier <laughs> it's easier if you don't have to bring it up from the past you know Yep, exactly. And then uh, real quick on the free fall thing, I think we're, we've all been in that same spot. And I think my, my video, like when I first did my first jump, it made it on the, the class video or whatever because I was scared. Yeah, exactly. Oh, made it on the oh, class video. The Not on the class video. Yeah, I know. And the dude, <laughs> he made me poise out backwards because I was like, I was super nervous. Like, I had never even thought about jumping out of a plane before. Like, I joined the military and then, you know, I jumped out and I was like, there's some, a little bit of kicks. I was like, oh no, the ground's out from underneath me. You know, kind of thing. And I was just like, oh crap. A couple flips. And then I went to this, just stared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway that, that first jump went really really fast really fast yeah. in fact probably the yeah. first couple but now if i go out for a 10 grand i'm just sitting here like holy shit man what geez, am i gonna like, do with this i got all kinds time. of time <laughs> right, yeah. you can listen to our podcast again in the free fall <laughs> hey Man, leave that review in case you don't want to, like, if you're able to text during the fight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we got a, a pretty good perspective there. Let's go to Peach next. If you want to share one of your experiences and what you do to just kind of overcome that little hump and that hard time. Um, well, I, I got quite a few, but since we're already in the, the jumping vein, I'll, I'll continue this one. And especially because I, I kind of brought it up when I, we did the live event. Um, but so, uh, water jump on a lot of the water jumps, the, the minimum that we can jump is 3000 feet. I, I realize you guys know that, but for the listeners, they don't know that. So 3000 feet above the water, right? We jumped out and, uh, and I was the jump master. So I pretty much threw everybody out and then I followed. Well, as we jump out and I pull my pair, my rip cord, my parachute, my main parachute wraps around my legs. Right, so I have a malfunction out of my main. Right, so immediately I'm, I realize what's going on. So then I do my cutaway procedures, which is ingrained in all of us. Right, we do it second nature. We don't even think about it. Um, do that, and then the reserve then wraps around that chute and gets tangled up. So I have what oh, they snap. essentially call uh, a horseshoe malfunction or a. You can kind of call it a dual dual canopy malfunction as well. I feel like I have to break in here. Like you're describing <laughs> an event that you should have died on and yeah. you're doing it like sort of like nonchalantly. All right. So you've only got two parachutes, everybody. Uh, if the first one doesn't work, you go to the second one. <laughs> when you irreparably and hopelessly foul the second one on the first one through no fault of your own. That's on the good bad scale. So like good and then bad. That was like bad. Like that's like. Pegged. The, the worst, yeah, the pegged at the worst. Especially, so what, 
Way to gloss over this one. Especially sure, with only but... 3,000 feet. I don't know when that's going to play into this, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That's uh, that's not enough altitude. Yeah. Hey, 3,000 is, is not enough for anything. Dollars in your bank account, 3,000. <laughs> Better be a grown-up. That's really not that much money. 3,000 feet below you until you die? Uh, probably also not great. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much, there wasn't much time. <laughs> Okay, continue so to over this terribly emotional event. <laughs> well, I, I think that's where it's coming from, though. Stress inoculation, right? You know. All right. <laughs> so yeah, gotcha. there I am with a uh, with a horseshoe, tumbling, <laughs> head first, and uh, About to die. and every time you know, so we I jump with a knife, right? So I I bring out my knife and I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna cut the mane where it's where it's you know hooked around my legs, but every. <laughs> So there's about a quarter, quarter of a parachute, quarter of my main and a quarter of my reserve that are spinning like this, like almost like the egg beater, right? Spinning. And every time, and I'm, I'm heads down, right? So every time I do a sit up to try and cut, they smash into each other and collapse even more. So I go faster. So I eventually get to the point like, okay, well, I, I'm not going to be able to cut these. So, and and I'm getting, the water's getting really close. And, uh, and I was like, well, uh, I don't want to stab myself. So I chucked the knife and I'm like, all right, well, here, here we go. Hopefully we make and this. And by the way, for everybody that's keeping track, the knife that he threw hit a terrorist. So it hit somebody from ISIS. Um, so it wasn't a complete waste. And he got the knife back. So that's good. Yeah. I went and took it out of his chest. That's a different story, yeah. A different story. That's a whole different one. We're not yeah. talking about. No, that, that was right that wasn't stressful. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I smack into the water head first, um, and and I don't remember whether I blacked out or not. I don't think I did. But next thing I remember, and and you guys know him, Culpepper's on a boat, right? And he's on the bow of the boat. And he's jumping into the boat. Or uh, uh, from the boat into, into the, the water. water. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, well, uh, I, I think so, man. Like, I, I guess. How about you get me out of this chute? You know? So, um, yeah. I don't necessarily know that I'm showing stretch and inoculation. Other than the fact that, look, I didn't panic during it, right? So, it's extremely ex- extreme situation. But because of being stress inoculated, whether it's in the pipeline or whether it's through years and years of jumping, um, through shooting and being in other stressful situations, though that's, that situation was, was not surprisingly, not terribly, uh, crazy for me. Now where, where I hit problems though, was that because it was a water jump, like, okay, so if we're doing a land jump, you guys know this and you have a cutaway or you have a malfunction or something like that, and you have another chute and a plane that can take you right back up so that you can jump out again, you get right back on that horse. So it's that is preferred, you know, because if not, you kind of get that mental block and you're worried about it. And like, oh, no, as soon as I pull my ripcord, the chute's going to do the same thing, right? My problem is it was a water jump, and I didn't have another jump for probably a month or two after that. Mm. So those, oh, so those, worst. like those so next. Fear building up. Oh, yeah. So those, oh, that's the worst. So I never, I would never hesitate whenever I'd come out, but those first probably 10 jumps, when it would, when it would come to pulling, I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Very, very methodical, very deliberate, you know, but, um, but again, I couldn't get right back on the horse. So that Brian, that would be my stress inoculation story that I would choose 
simply because we were talking about jumping. Yeah, and I think the important thing to remember for guys that are going to be going through selection or if you are selection right now and you're listening to this, you know, we had guys that would, if we did body breathing, you know, they, we would just destroy their world and stuff and they'd be choking and then they'd have nightmares about it. They tell me about it. They're like, I really don't want to go in there and do body breathing again. I'm terrified to go in there and choke on water again. So it's kind of the same concept, but you know, body breathing, you're not actually going to die doing that. You know, we have, people and safe for the most part uh so you're not gonna it's not in that extreme of a situation but it's the same kind of thing and the same concept is if you're kind of thinking about it every single night when you go to bed and you're just scared of screwing it up again then uh it's just gonna haunt you and it's gonna be in the back of your mind when you're doing anything else and it's just gonna you know ruin the progress that you've made on your runs or anything else because you're like man okay, I might be able to run 630 miles or whatever, but I cannot do this body breathing thing. So a lot of guys that I've seen, uh, you know, as an instructor just kind of end up failing out because they can't do that one thing that's stuck in the back of the head. And most of the time it was body breathing. So that yeah, does think, seem to be the big one, body breathing. People freak out about it. Yeah. And the, the one thing I want to stay away from too, is just cause we're telling stories like, you know, for the listeners out there, like, don't put yourself into some weird thing where, like, oh, my God, like, Jared almost died on this free fall jump. His stress is more than my stress, and, like, it's not the same. Man, yeah. I've been terrified just to get out of bed in the morning at end <laughs> Like, at 4.30 in the morning, just be like, ugh, do I want to go do this again today? Like, that stress in that moment, that might be as much stress. Like, you have a cup, right? Like, our cups are way bigger now for the stress that we can take, but it's because we've been doing the stress inoculation for years and some of us decades and for Jared, 45 years. So like, <laughs> okay. we all have different amounts that we can take, right? Like we're going to give you a smaller cup to start. So don't look at buddy breathing and just be like, Oh, I shouldn't feel like that. Cause Jared almost died on a free fall jump <laughs> over water. All these guys got in firefights. Up. I gotta be honest with you, man. At that moment, that was as much stress as I could take at this moment getting off that ramp for the first time at free fall school or just going back to that buddy breathing session, that might be as much stress as you can take and you're making good gains by going back and getting in that fight. So absolutely. And you know, what we do as instructors, when I was an instructor, we would make it, you know, that stressful thing in a safe situation where we can kind of analyze the things that they're doing and make sure that they're acting the way that, you know, a person that is going to be out in the battlefield and then be in situations like, you know, peach and you guys were talking about, to actually do the right thing and make sure that you grab your knife and you do your thing and you do the right procedures. You remember your cutaway uh, sequence and you're not just like panic mode. That's it. I'm just going to die and then let yourself, you know, fall to the wayside because, you know, in those kind of situations, I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we had to save our own life and we had to have our wits about us enough in that stressful situation to get ourselves out of that situation. So that's kind of the whole purpose and what we're looking for as far as, you know, instructors. And that's kind of my thing. I'll share my stuff for a later date, but uh, just from the instructor standpoint, that's what guys are really looking for and what you're, is going to get you selected ultimately, keeping a cool head and staying calm in those really difficult situations where it's, it's difficult to do that. It's difficult to be like, all right, take a deep breath, just like Trent was saying, get over that, that hump and then start thinking about what you need to do to get yourself out of that rut and then keep moving forward because it's going to happen at some point in your career. You just got to figure out how to do it. So um, we went over a couple of different things and situations you guys have been in. Um, I want to talk about like why you guys think it's important for these guys because I, I kind of 
tied mine in right there. Um, why you think it's important for these guys to be placed in these stressful situations. So um, we'll start in reverse order this time, just because Peach had the floor again. We'll go back to Peach, and then we'll go back up and cycle through to uh, you guys, the rest of you guys that are sitting there. <laughs> Whoever you <laughs> guys right, are. Let's go to Peach, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't have anything, you know, very concrete and specific, but I think, you know, Aaron touched on a little bit, but, everyday life life happens and you guys have heard me say that uh, and I know some of the people listening have have heard me say that life happens right um, whether you're in this kind of career field or not you could you could be in a car accident or you could come up on a car accident and have to pull somebody out of a car and you get that adrenaline going and that's that adrenaline is great because you can do some amazing things on adrenaline but at the same time that like that is also stress and it goes with that fight or flight thing right? Some people, like it is just, they really shut down and they can't handle the stress. Whereas if you, your natural instinct is to fight, right? That is still a whole bunch of stress on you, but maybe you're still able to, to, to perform to a certain point. And, um, and, and I think that is one of the key reasons why we do it is just so that we don't want people to shut down because if you know, our lives or our buddies' lives depend on it or the mission needs to press on, we, we can't afford to just shut down. Like once you've already gone and crossed enemy lines, um, I mean, you're there. You're essentially surviving until you get back. So there is no shutting down. You just got to keep going. That, I mean, for me, that's what I would say. But what do I know? <laughs> Don't try and play it down. That was that was awesome. You're like got really into it, and then you're like, nah, just kidding. But no, yeah, you hit that great soundbite. I'm gonna be able to delete that later part, and we're just gonna be able to keep the first part. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Thanks technology. What a time to be alive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we're not really gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. I, yeah. Totally appreciate what you're talking about. Like the mission starts when it starts once you get on that bird and you're taking off the dude salutes you you're like boom all right here you go we're not coming back until you're back i mean and even then you still got to reconstitute get ready for the next one mm -hmm. so yeah to uh totally agree all right so let's go to trent because i know you're sitting there and you're giving me that impatient look so go ahead uh, it's just my look that's just the way i look <laughs> <laughs> or it's that stash i don't it's know the mustache. Like, whatever. it's hey, the mustache i gotta be honest with you that stash is something fantastic it's yeah, it is. Ned, Ned it. Flanders. I would say the, the, the most important part about stress inoculation is learning how to move towards stress and to not ignore it. Um, so it, like when you're having those nightmares or you're thinking about it all the time, there's a difference between thinking about it and running through those checklist items and, and figuring out how you're going to get past it and embracing it versus uh, avoiding it and trying to push it down into your soul. And it, then it just festers and it becomes this toxic thing. Whereas as you go through it over and over and over again, you learn how to deal with it and then you move how to learn, learn how to move towards it and what you need to do to get past it. Like all of our stories are, hey, I just ran through the checklist, right? I ran through the checklist, I kept repeating it to myself, I know what I'm gonna do, I know what to do in this situation, I've visualized it, and instead of like avoiding it, instead of being like, I mean, you might wake up in the morning and be like, I really don't wanna do this, but then you just, you get past it and you just keep going and you figure out what you need to do, and the stress is, it, it just is what it is, and you get used to living with it. So to, to me, that, that's the, the difference is, once you've been inoculated to a certain extent, you just start moving towards it and getting better and better at handling the stress and figuring out what you need to do uh, to get past it to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Once you start 
actually implementing those tools that figure that you figure out help you get through that thing then you can pretty much reach any goal and i think that was one of the main things that i kind of learned from indoc was after i finished that hell night i was just like holy crap i actually did this like i was able to get through those difficult pool sessions even though i was super tired super sore and everything you know i limped to that chow hall with my my chest out. i was all proud of myself and i was like yes i finally like i did it and then you know you keep on going after whatever goals come up in the future and you kind of reach back and use those things that you did in the past in order to make yourself progress into the whatever goals you are you're but you have right now so isn't, yeah. isn't it funny that and you and you bring it up brian is that after you've already passed it, you look back and you're like, well, actually, that, that kind of wasn't too bad. That wasn't bad. that bad, yeah. yeah. I handled that. Yeah. I Man, I did great. You're like, oh, yeah, brother. What was it? I'll tell you what, like, I think that is, like, I think we uncovered the number one reason why people think AF spec war dudes, like beret-wearing guys, are just a little bit more cocky. I'm sorry. I almost died right before I came to lunch, <laughs> man. Like, how do you expect me to feel in this chow hall? Right? Like, of course I'm going to get extra dessert, dog. I almost got drowned for a living. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. Yes, I'm having a beer tonight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying. Absolutely. I'm enjoying my life because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, I didn't die today one time and I might have, should have, but I didn't. So we're just going to keep going. It's all about perspective. <laughs> It's all about perspective, baby. That's it. All right. So let's just uh, go to Aaron then since you're kind of up right now anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I I just think that constant exposure to stress and Trent hit, hit it great, man. Like he's just like, man, what's next on the checklist? I think that's the difference between people that are really, you know, inoculated to stress and people that kind of just kind of just pretend is like, you know what to do next. Like that's the difference in a stressful situation that you see is you know, there, you can call it being a sheepdog and running towards battle. You can call it, you know, being, you know, burn the boats, whatever things that we want to, you know, through our tribalism, we want to kind of espouse and we want to say, this is what it looks like. But it's really, it's, you want to be the person that knows what to do next. You can't possibly be the person that knows what to do next. If you're so worried about this moment right now, how stressed am I in this moment? I'm trying to get through each second. When you see that true combat leader in any situation, that person knows what to do next. We just had a truck go down. We just had a plane go down. We just had one of our team members land off target. What are we going to do? You look to that leader, that person knows what to do next. And I think that comes, I think those people are just really good at stress inoculation and being in that moment being like, okay, well, what, oh, this happened, but what comes next? I think those people are always the people that we look to. Like those dudes are switched on. Those guys know what to do. And assessment and selection is no thing. You can do this at every single level, right? Like you always look towards, I always look towards my, my team sergeant. I always look to those guys that were older than me in the career field. When something crazy would happen, I would look to them and I'd be like, oh, what are they going to do? And when I saw how they reacted, you know, especially calm breeds calms. Like I'm, exactly. a, I'm a cliche guy, calm breeds calm. Okay. Hey, I know this situation is terrible, but what are we going to do next? Let's start coming up with a plan. I think stress inoculation is really where that starts. And I think that's one of those things. The big question about leadership is, you know, is it taught or or is it uh, one of those things that you're just born with? I think it's a little bit of both. And I think stress inoculation is where you can really train somebody to be a good leader because they're always thinking about, okay, well, what's next, right? And that stress inoculation, that starts with indoc, and even before that, or I'm sorry, you know, assessment selection, but even even before that, you start to learn, I feel like this when I'm stressed. I, I always, and, you know, good on Trent for bringing it up, but I always resort to checklist. What's the, what's the emergency for this? What's my algorithm? You know, Brian, I know you know this, but I do it with patient care. 
Are they breeding? Are, you know, are they, are they bleeding uh, anywhere? Can I stop them from bleeding? Can I get them breathing? And then can I make that patient leaving? That's really a pretty simple thing. But if you stick to that, you know, you're good. Um, and you just really rely on those stress inoculations of, of the previous. I always love the quote from Fight Club where he talks about the volume getting turned down after fighting, right? Like you go through a couple of nasty pool sessions, you go through a couple bad free fall jumps, you go through some bad firefights. I gotta be honest with you, standing in line at the Safeway really isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> and all that is is stress inoculation, right? Like somebody cuts you off on the road, you'd be like, that's okay, guy. A helicopter did the same thing to me the other night, you complete NVG <laughs> considerations, and turns out it was fine. So I guess I'm not mad about that at all, you know? So. But I think that's all stress inoculation. That's where we start. Yeah, I think uh, the important thing that you were talking about there was the stress inoculation breeds leadership. And that's really a thing that starts, honestly, from childhood. I was, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about like being a parent and kind of like, you know, those guys that are like, oh my gosh, you freaking, you cut your leg. Let me bandage it and do all that <sighs> stuff. It's the kind of the same thing when you're a team member versus, you know, you're looking at your team leader. You're like, is oh my gosh, there's a car crash right there. It just happened in front of us. Is he going to freak out or what is he going to do? And then you kind of, the team leader, because he has that stress inoculation, he's kind of like, all right, is there any other dangers, crash? Team members, you're like, oh crap, let's grab our tools and go. <laughs> just staring at this one problem that's in front of you. So anyway, just, yeah, the stress inoculation, like you said, breeding leadership, I think that's a really important aspect. And, you know, that's kind of what we're expected to do whenever we go on a team because, um, you know, as PJs, we have the team leadership role. And then as JTACs and SR, you're kind of out on your own, you know, for the most part, doing your thing and running your show. And you're kind of t talking to guys and your specialty to direct guys and make sure that they know what's on the battlefield and you have to be kind of a, a self-starter and have that awareness to just kind of be stress inoculated and not be heads down because the team's going to be counting on you to do your specific task whenever you, you know, stuff happens. So yeah, got to be ready to perform. That's it. Exactly. Um, so let's move into just the last thing. I just want to hear you guys things. We talked about it a little bit, but with stress inoculations, you're building those calluses and everything. Is there a point that you think that anybody's going to be like fully stress inoculated and you're just like, well, I think I'm, uh, you know, for the most part, good. I don't have to hit this anymore. And I could just coast on whatever thing I'm doing right now. Kind of a loaded question a little bit, but Peach, <laughs> let's go ahead and hit you up first. Okay, so you mean I can't rest on my laurels? Okay. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> what are laurels? Laurels. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, it doesn't end, uh, which I think is is really important. So, um, not to make this a hey education doesn't end right, but even now, whenever I do a JTAC evaluation on a guy, even if he has been a JTAC for a long time. I will still put him under a significant amount of stress, whether that is, you know, with a whole stack of aircraft or I cause a, a multi-axis troops in contact situation or I take away some of his equipment because whenever we're creating or developing training events, right, it does me and it does the men or women no good for me to just give them a kind of okay-ish scenario to where, hey, they win at the end. No, what I want to do is I want to create a scenario that causes so much stress, so much chaos, that it that they almost fail or fail. They think they could. They think they could. Yeah. Right. Because that's an that's a decisive part of any battle space. Man. Oh yeah. I don't. 
this might not go my way. Oh yeah. Hey, the enemy's got a vote and life environment has a vote, right? So, um, if I, when I do it, I plan scenarios or situations that they are going to fail or they are going to come close to failing. It does them no good. I'm not doing them any favors if I just give them some pansy ass uh, scenario. Absolutely, because that's what you're preparing them for battle. So, I mean, stuff's going to happen whenever you actually go down range and radios go out or whatever. That's number one thing. Yep. So, okay, let's go with uh, Trent. To me, this is like the uh, can you ever be too smart question? Are you ever too educated? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I told you it was a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, <clears throat> stress inoculation is, is just increasing your bandwidth of, of your problem solving ability or whatever within a certain spectrum of stress. So why do you think that that is ever large enough to cover down on every situation that you could ever be in? Uh, it might be for every situation you could, you're going to be in, but um, you're, you're never, you've never made it. You're never there. You're never hundred percent inoculated to everything. You're never, you know, you, you've never made it. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like there's always more to learn, more bandwidth to gain and, and more you can do to improve yourself uh, to be uh, a better version of you. It's never enough. Situations. It's never enough. Absolutely. That's, that's the stress is that it's never enough. <laughs> Everyone's got that 24 hours in a day. And I thought I was really busy when I was like, I don't know, 17. And I was working a part-time job and going to school. And I was like, man, I'm so busy all the time. And I have to work out. And, and you know, I have to go watch this movie with my friends. And now, you know, with all this other stuff that's kind of added on with doing this kind of thing, kids, other school, work, working out. There's just so much that you kind of learn and like you said, Trent, your bandwidth for, you know, your capacity for actual performance kind of increases as you go on and on. And I think it's the same with physical, mental, all that stuff. Your bandwidth increases as you kind of experience life and you have to work around that kind of stuff. All right, let's hit up Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah. I think you can totally be stress inoculated. I think you can totally win this game as long as you're okay with mediocrity. As long as you're okay with staying where you are and never being better, yeah. I mean, you can get ready for the stresses that you encounter every day, but, man, it's just like warfare, right? Like, if you're training for this war, if you're not trying to fight the war that's going to happen in 10 years, guess what's going to happen when that war pops up? You ain't going to be ready for it, right? So, man, I, I don't feel like I'm ever I'm, I'm ever fully stress inoculated because if I am, I'm not pushing myself hard enough. I'm not finding those new challenges. I'm not finding those new situations that I need to go, you know, be the best the best PJ that I can be and the best senior NCO that I can be. Like if you're not, if you're not being stressed, you're not putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and that's not what we do. So yeah, I, I think you can totally, there's totally times, um, for me, it's a funny thing, but if I ever feel like I'm like, man, I'm, I'm crushing this. The number one thing that I immediately hear is like, holy crap, <laughs> you are, you yeah, ding, you are, you are crushing this. And I got to be honest with you, it's, because you're probably not trying hard enough. So, yeah, that's one man's optic on it. Or complacent, which is also extremely dangerous. Got to get yeah. out of here. Man, I'll tell you what, complacency uh, complacency, and uh, what's the other one that kills you twice? So denial. Complacency and denial kill you twice <laughs> because you thought you were fine and then you weren't, and then denial kills you because you couldn't believe it, and complacency kills you because you're already dead, right? <laughs> so. There you go. All right. That is a perfect lead in. So, you know, I'm going to go with kind of my overview of the, what we talked about and that kind of thing. But, um, 
you know, exactly like you said, we have the option of, you know, going to Starbucks in the morning and sitting at an office and doing our little computer work, going home and being comfortable on our little couch, sipping our whatever hot cocoa or tea or something before we go to bed in our Tempur-Pedic beds and our whatever. Like we have the option of just. What are you drinking at home, man? Like where are <laughs> I you living your I've, life right now? I'm like, just saying. Lives a charm. I got to get into PA school apparently. <laughs> oh, man, take it easy Starbucks. there. A I'm just Starbucks trip in the morning. I got a Tempur-Pedic waiting for me at night, man. I got some chamomile at, at the end of the whoa, night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you, <laughs> you're the one that's over here with the ghost bed or whatever you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I was just bringing it off of uh, drinking bros. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't actually drink tea, but I do drink coffee, but not Starbucks. I make my own stuff. Anyway, uh, is it, Alpha is, Brew Coffee Company. Is it Alpha Brew? Alpha Brew <laughs> Coffee. What's that? <laughs> yeah. All right. So... But anyways, you have the option of doing that. I talked to a lot of people that, cause I am in, you know, medical school right now and that's kind of what they do. They don't like put themselves in a difficult situation. I invite them to work out and they're like, nah, I don't really, <laughs> no thanks. I don't really want to go work out because, you know, I have all these things to do over lunch. It's like all that stuff's going to be there whenever you're done with your workout. Go put yourself in difficult situations and push yourself, go around people that are going to be better than you to make yourself better and learn from them, compete and make yourself like you said, calloused, talking about all the things that you've experienced, building that up, um, go through a difficult time. You, if you're doing like a AMRAP or whatever, you have the option to sit back and not do as much as some of the other guys. That's your choice. But if you put yourself out there and actually try your hardest to do the, the best on the team or whatever, then that's going to increase your, your callousness and be, make you, be able to push forward and work harder next time. So keep that in mind whenever you go and do your next workout, or if you're too tired to get out of bed and do the workout in the morning because it's five o'clock and you just had a long night the night before or whatever, um, those difficult experiences are going to help you, you know, form the person that you're going to be in the future. And like you said, it's a process that takes a long time to build. So make sure that every single day you're going out there and you're making something of your life, putting yourself in those difficult situations. Um, Socrates once said that no man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the strength of which his body is capable. So don't let the talents and the things that have been given to you, because you have the opportunity, like I said, you have, you live in America, there's a gym right next to you, there's a pool, there's somewhere for you to go and train and be better. So utilize those opportunities and go out there and earn each breath. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. If you guys have any comments down in the YouTube, go ahead and drop it in the comments. You can always uh, get in touch with us over at the Instagram. Shoot us a message and we'll make sure that we get back to you guys as soon as possible. You can always go to onesready.com and just check out the website. Check out some of our Spotify playlists and these sweet shirts that just came in are also available down at the website. I was going to ask you about that shirt. Yeah. Or, don't, oh, don't worry. So. Yeah. Hey, man, what is that, a medium? You're filling that thing out nicely, my friend. It's real clean. Uh, it's, this, is, this is medium, yeah. yeah. That's got to be like an XL on you. Look at you. But it is a tri-blend, so it's, you know, super stretchy, super soft and comfortable. All right. You guys know it's an awesome <laughs> shirt. So go over there to onesready.com. Check it out. And then uh, if you guys have any comments or anything, make sure you leave them down there. Subscribe. Like us on iTunes, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Yeah.